This is Jeremy Renta. And this is Amy Solara. And you have discovered Mantra and Magic. A podcast where Eastern philosophy meets Western magical practice. Hi. 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 <laughs> we got another special guest for you this week, and we're so super excited to introduce her. Um, this is so strange for me because I've only ever been on the opposite side of the table from her, and she's always been the one interviewing me and always been the one who's introducing me to people, and now I feel so blessed to get to introduce her. We have the lovely Morgan Garza on our podcast today. Woo-hoo. She is a soulpreneur. (laughs) I like that word. Soul entrepreneur, someone who is working in full alignment with her soul path and purpose and enlivening the business of others who are doing the same. She's helping ground all of that magical stuff into very practical reality for those of us space cadets who are struggling to do things in a way that makes sense in a world and, and help find our place within it so that we can better offer our services and better reach um, the people who will connect to us. And she's she's a wizard when it comes to creating those connections. So welcome to Mantra and Magic, Morgan Garza. Hello. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is fun to be on the side of the mic. I had so many podcast episodes where I was interviewing so many people and now I'm like, oh, wait, what? What? <laughs> How does this work? What do you mean I have to answer things and not just sit here and ask questions? It's tricky, but I'm excited. Well, you're more than welcome to ask us questions too, but okay. I think this is like um, when a- Just do what comes natural. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when a massage therapist goes to get cranial sacral and they're like, what do I do? I'm lying on the table. What do I do with my hands? <laughs> uh, I should land. It's here, right? This is where they usually go. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, I, I have had the blessing of witnessing you from kind of the get go of the point when you were living out of what you deemed so gracefully the witch wagon, Mm -hmm. um, to growing into this very solid adult human being who was creating all sorts of magic around herself from a very grounded place. And that's something that keeps cropping up in the spiritual circles right now. You can only be as spiritual as you are grounded. And I've got to watch that process like physically embodied in you where you went from like this really cool hippie chick I met in Sedona to this woman who is making stuff happen. Where I'm like, wow, she's got things going. She's got her relationship on check. She's living in a beautiful place. She has a dog and a husband and (laughs) all of these things that, um, You know, I know you knew it was possible back then, but I'm not sure if you like had the complete vision of how it was going to look now and how much you would have grown in the between time. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey of what it was like to go from trying to manifest it to aligning with your path? Yeah, A of all, I think it's funny to even realize that like in my sense from what I was thinking about in the witch wagon, like I have made it in my own personal bubble, right? Like I'm about to be a published author. It's coming out next month. I just got married. We're talking about having babies, which I literally never wanted in my entire life. Like so anti, I have thriving like freelance situation after running and starting my own company. I just, I don't think that I had all of this lined out like this, but taking a step away from it and realizing that everything that I was writing in my journals in those days is here is pretty wild. And it's something that I preach about a lot, like taking time to honor how far you've come and what you have, because that's really where the manifestation magic happens when you're just happy with what you have, even if it's so far away from where you want to be. So I think it was, it's cool to look back on it, but even thinking back in those days, like I was currently living my dream, you know, living out of the witch wagon, starting a company, just really taking risks and just being ballsy about stuff. And it was kind of that, like, you know, when you're 16 and you 
think you know everything and you own the world and you're like, I've got this. And you don't question anything and you're just like brazenly bold. I feel like that was those days. And now I'm like, I know more, I'm more cautious. I'm definitely more calculated about what I do. And it's like a deeper vibe than this just like sparks on the flyer, like flying out, like, sure, let's try it. Let's try it. Let's try it. Now I'm like, let's keep this thing roaring. Mm, I love that. You tell Jeremy what the witch wagon was. (laughs) (laughs) It was an RV outside of my former business partner's house that I moved into after leaving a job and a relationship in a city all in Phoenix and just left and lived in there for like almost six months. And it was one of the favorite parts of this whole journey for me. It was pretty magical. And like crazy shit happened in there too. It wasn't just like me being in my womb of healing from a relationship and like all of this other stuff. It was like tarot cards were like floating off the deck. I saw fairies in one of my crystals one night. My music just randomly turned on after a meditation, like deep in sleep, like shit went down, which was really, really cool. So it was a lot of like magic and nurture and beauty (laughs) and like billowing smoke of sage out of the (laughs) windows and it's like rocking because I'm like ecstatic dancing in a space that's like this big yeah it was pretty great (laughs) what was the uh what was the impetus for you to kind of let that go by the wayside to move into the next stage in your life Sedona literally kicked me out so you're not allowed to live in vehicles that are outside of houses you can only live in like RV parks and so I got probably from a disgruntled neighbor who saw the lights on and the van are rocking in the middle of the night Um, Sedona works like that though. So it's very intense energy. There's so many vortexes, vortices. I don't know how you say it. Um, and it's like, it's an energy that if you go and you stay there for a while, you get what you need. And then the city is like, okay, it's time for you to graduate. Cause if you stay there too long, like the energy is so intense that it'll just, I think it will keep you in more of a whirlpool than like a wormhole which I was going much more for the wormhole aspect of that. So yeah, I got a letter from the city. They kicked me out and I moved to Denver because <laughs> my parents lived here. So I had a crash pad. Nice. So you just trust, you know, it's one of those things that you're like, at first I was crushed, but then I thought this is an opportunity and I have to take this and this has been a beautiful time. And it was about to get really hot in Sedona and you don't want to be there in the summer living in an RV. So thank you universe. Perfect. Is that when you met your husband? Yeah, I met him. So I moved to Denver in March. I met him at the end of July. Talk about divine timing. Mm -hmm. And I was dating myself very seriously at the time. And I had like, (laughs) nope written on my forehead. I was saying no to everyone. And I met him and I was just like, okay, sure. Yes. And I'm like, what am I doing? I don't want this. Like I'm going to Bali. I'd already had a trip booked to Bali for like an undetermined amount of time, a one-way ticket. And I just couldn't stop saying yes. And so you just have to trust that kind of stuff that comes to you and feels really good. And even though it's not exactly what you had on your vision board, you're like, I can make room for that. I'm glad I did. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, you're definitely speaking to the polarities just by saying, you know, being ungrounded gives you the chance to be grounded. And I think the mm-hmm. same thing with saying no gives you a chance to say yes to things that do feel a lot better. And I think we all kind of go through, I, always, I keep saying this where I'm wanting to stick more with my own story. Um, I feel that I have put myself into so many situations where I'm just trying to kind of go with the flow and be like, not, not turn up any tables and mess anybody up and just kind of be the peacekeeper. And it has felt very strongly in the past couple of months, especially that saying no is a good thing, you know, to really just, and to be uncomfortable for a little while so that when you see something that does work or when you have that epiphany that makes you realize what it is that you want to do, you can just go for it. You know, you don't have any ties or if you do have ties, you can just cut them completely clean and then make those steps without really fear, which is hard to say too, because it's like, you have to kind of go into that shadow. You have, like you said, dating yourself, spending time and getting to know yourself can also be a little terrifying. Like just what you're saying about Sedona really resonates with, I'm sure with Amy as well, uh, with the time that I spent in Joshua Tree where it was two years and then I got the same message where it was like, all right, it's time for you to head on and do some some bigger things. Yeah, I feel like yours was drawn out because uh, you kept going back to LA, which is just like a cesspool. And so you had to keep like 
getting flushed out with the vortexes. <laughs> well, it's also the, the cap rising is like, no, 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 this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I have to stick with this plan and just keep on going with it. The lesson is not learned unless it's really hard. Oh, God, the R word. <laughs> Saturn will get you. Saturn will do that to you. Well, saying no, I think, is more powerful than saying yes sometimes. And it's protection and it's boundaries. And I always say this, but if you're willing to cross boundaries with yourself first, then you're going to allow everybody else to cross boundaries with you. So if you're able to say no to something that doesn't serve you or doesn't work or doesn't feel good anymore, that is so empowering. And then it really is a muscle and you learn to do that more and more often. And eventually you're just saying no with no regard. And I mean, regard, but like, you're not explaining yourself. You're not like, no, sorry, I can't because X, Y, and Z, you're just owning it moving on and then the door opens and you're like oh and that's why i said no to this because this is right here right i i love that so much that's the only directive i seem to be giving during astrology readings these days like your homework is saying no your homework is telling (laughs) everybody like they'll have to keep a a checklist like get one of those mini detective pads keep it in your pocket and every time you say yes to something or someone that's not a resounding yes, you have to write it down and then count how many times you said yes that day and then aim the next day to say it one last time until you're finally not saying them, until you're finally just saying no. And so you're creating space to say yes to the one thing you actually want because otherwise you're just- I love that. And that's accountability too. And I think seeing it, it like visually, you're like, oh shit, I said yes to things that I hated like seven times today. When in your head, you're like, I lose track of that. It's like the difference between like having cash and having a card. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. I have cash. Just like, yeah, this is great. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. But yeah, being able to see that has to be so powerful because then you're like, I, I'm not doing this to myself anymore. I refuse. Yeah. yeah. It's like a matter of self-respect. And that's what I'm curious. You've, you've had the blessing over like was it three years that you were involved in Mm -hmm. podcasting as a job yeah so you had the blessing of speaking to so many people who are doing this kind of teaching right which ones um which techniques like astrology or human design or tarot like which ones were the ones that were the catalysts for you in terms of making some of these changes I went into podcasting and running my business very heavily um, influenced by tarot, astrology, yoga was the one, my number one, number one. Um, But I kind of got to the point where I was overly saturated talking to so many people and learning about so many different things. It was like I wanted to try everything. So I cast my net really wide and then I got a little overwhelmed. Like I can't read my horoscope today. I'm going to like lose my mind. I just need to be like, a regular muggle person living in the world, not knowing what's going on in the cosmos. So there was an aspect of like, I, it was just exposure. I was overly exposed. And so when I reeled back in and, and really took control and made choices about what I wanted to have in my life, um, tapping EFT tapping has been the biggest and most consistent, I would say, beyond journaling and tarot and astrology, which I know sounds like a lot, and numerology definitely too, but it's like... <laughs> but those all go it. together. Like right. tarot is based on astrology and numerology. And numerology. Yeah. So it's nice to have the connection between all of those modalities and to understand myself and my chart and what the cards mean for me enough to then tap on that which is something that I learned from Gala Darling and her um, high vibe honey. She's just like this badass, like put it all on the table and just go for it. And so I just recently got certified in EFT tapping and that has been like the greatest joy for me. It feels so good. I'm like tingly after and it's my number one right now. That's so awesome. Um, do you feel like your your experience having talked to all of those people, like now having paused some of that, that you're getting to actually integrate it. That's something Jared and I have been talking a lot about is like, you can blast out, but then it's the integration that's like, Mm -hmm. oh, that's what that person was talking about. Well, and it's like, it's, it's more being, I don't know how you say that. I guess it's more being like specialized in something than being a jack of all trades. Like I, I knew a lot, a little bit about a lot. And so I got to a point where I was like, I don't really know shit. And so being able to 
reel it back in and get more specific into things that I did want to spend more time really integrating and understanding and like studying um, was more powerful than knowing a lot of things. I felt like it was like boot camp though. I went through like spiritual university and I graduated and now I'm like, okay, now I have to do my clinicals and what do I want to really focus on? And then what is my career going to be after that? But I was so fortunate to be exposed to so much and also fortunate to have been given the break and release of all of that to focus on myself and really integrate all of the things. And it's like, you hear so much from so many people that there's so many profound statements and so many incredible things that these people have experienced and shared and gone through and the people that they've then gone on to help. And you, you realize like, I want to be doing that. You know, I don't want to be the person who's interviewing the people. I want to be the person who's interviewed and I want to have a thing. And so this has been a great opportunity for me to, to do that, even though I'm still helping clients do their thing. Like I'm also doing my own. Did you deal with uh, imposter syndrome at all? Oh, I'm still, yeah. yeah, for sure. When Amy asked me on, I'm like, what am I going to talk about? What do I have to share? Like who wants to listen to anything I have to say? Truly. Like it's so hard to, to own what you know and to know that people need it and that you need to share it and that there's this exchange that's happening. And as long as you're working within the boundaries of integrity and ethics and authenticity, it's scary, but you still have something to share. And I think still working through that imposter syndrome, I convince myself more and more every day, every, every client I work with, who's like, you are a badass. Like you just killed that. I'm like, thank you. Okay. Thanks. Yeah, that's fine. Where I should be like, yeah, of course I did. Like, that's why you called me. (laughs) Right. And that's why you paid me what you did. And so, yeah, it's something I'm working on. I mean, so I think it's a process. What would, um, like your biggest piece of advice be for someone who's just starting offering any of these things, whether it's EFT or tarot readings or astrology readings or um, moving into this space of turning what they love spiritually into actually business. Practice, because you want to be a practitioner, right? So you have to really practice what it is that you want to do. And even if that's giving free sessions, like right now I'm giving like, I don't have 10 free sessions going on for EFT in August, just so I can get practice because I've been doing this on myself for two years and like canes every once in a while but I want to be working with people to the point that like I'm a practitioner of this and I can stand behind that and be like yes I have the experience I have the hours I have the gumption you know and all of these things go together and it's just I think it's just practice and not being afraid to fail and not not being so bold and practicing that you're going to harm people or that you're giving advice that you're really not qualified to give. And like, there's a balance, you know, but I think just, just starting and raising your rates and, and getting more confident and going through all of that as you go. But in the beginning, you've got to just start somewhere and, and that's okay. And even if you are wanting to start an online course or you're doing a webinar or like some little thing, like if three people show up, that's great. Maybe 10 will show up the next time. And like, I think so many people get embarrassed, ashamed, and they just feel like nobody wanted that only three people showed up and I put all this work into it. And it's like, well, that's a start. That's three people. And who knows what that impact is going to make on those three people and who they're going to tell and how that ripple effect goes through. So like, three people could really be a lot more very easily and you just can't give up. Yeah. I think this is that you're definitely speaking to the power of ego because you do like your, your rate will naturally kind of come to what it needs to be. Right. It's like you start out, start charging $300 an hour and you've only been doing it for three months, then you're not going to feel great about charging that amount. And uh, you know, for me, I mean, for anybody who's doing any type of offering that way, um, there's something that calls us to do in the first place, right? Like if we're, as a healer, that is the, that is the vibe that I have always kind of felt in my life. And, you know, <laughs> again, standing in the strength to, to if I hadn't had a, a license as a massage therapist, being like, do you want to come over for a massage? You know, none of these people I don't think would be as kind of down for it. But so licensure definitely helps with that. Having the practice, I think also definitely helps with that. Um, but also realizing that you want to do it, you know, as a musician, 
I don't think most musicians go into it because they want to be uh, a name or a person on stage. They do it because they have a talent and it's something that they want to share. And then, you know, if you're doing coffee shops, then you start out with a couple of people in the crowd and then it slowly starts to build. You have to be connected to your audience a bit, but not give over everything to them. You know, it's like asking people what it is that you think you should do or what they think you should do. That's very disempowering. And it's also kind of, it loses track of what it is that you're doing in the first place. The whole idea of selling out, you know, I'm doing this because somebody else thinks this is a way to make good money, right? And that's codependency too. And a lot of people right. forget that. that yeah. Like and it, lack of confidence. Yeah. Right. If you have to ask everyone else's opinion, then it's probably not what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. No. And there's something so valuable about the process. Tony Robbins didn't start being Tony Robbins who you see now. And I think who he is now is because of all of these things. And like, that's just one example of someone who's very like a household name. And I think that when you start something that you really want to do, your passion is going to push through any blocks that the universe delivers. And every block is of course a lesson. And there's so many things to learn from the time that you start to the time that you're booking out hundred K events, you know? And I think the, the process of learning through that gives you enough to be able to stand on that stage in front of a hundred thousand people who have all paid maybe $500 to be there that you own this and that everything that you've been through has gotten you to this point and there's still a lot more for you to grow through to be even better but you're not going to be interviewed on the today show right out the gate like it's just there's there's power in the process too mm-hmm. with people who are like getting going i've i've had a lot of friends who are into uh the idea of I just graduated with my life coaching certification and I like to read tarot cards and now I should be charging $200 a session for my clients. And they've like made their own websites and they've (laughs) made like their own Facebook pages and they've tried to like get a following and I've watched them kind of um, fall into these patterns of, I just don't know how to engage with people. And they go from like either everything's free to everything's expensive or like they only stay in the sliding scale category. They have no idea how to invest in themselves with business coaches, or if they try to, they just do B school. Like what, what are your thoughts on that? (laughs) On what exactly? Like um, for people who really are in that stage of, I just can't seem to, get more than like two or three people interested no matter what I do. And now maybe I just shouldn't do it and I should go back to working in corporate or whatever. I would say it's probably a limiting belief or alignment situation at the root. I think if, if you're confused about not only how to get clients, but how to charge and standing behind your worth or like overpricing what you're doing, even though you're just starting out. I mean, there's a sweet spot, you know, you can't just start charging $1,500 for a session right out the gate. And like, again, there's, there's power in the process, but, um, I think, I think having confidence that what you're doing is needed and that people want to pay for it. And that even though the market is incredibly saturated there's somebody for everybody and the way in which you deliver what it is that you're delivering and how you operate sets you apart from everybody because it's you and you can talk on the same subject as 10 other people in the industry but because it's coming from you through your experience and through your lens of the world it's going to be inherently different so I think just getting over everybody is doing it um, is going to be a huge step and and again you have to you have to have enough of a portfolio to charge a lot for a session so it just takes time and maybe this isn't your full-time gig maybe you have other side hustles or there's other ways that you're bringing in money but um the discouragement is really damaging and it can easily keep you away from your dreams that you are fully qualified for just a little green in and like everybody has to start somewhere, you know, I think, I think just having the confidence of being like owning it, like, this is what I do and you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) That's something that like, I remember when I met you, 
I was like, what are you doing? And you're like, well, we've got this thing and we're starting this thing and here are these t-shirts and <laughs> it was like, oh my God, the Miss Goals Fuck t-shirts. Yeah, they were the best t-shirts. Um, and, and I was just thinking like, she's so full of energy. I really hope this succeeds. Like, I really hope this goes. And then I was like, there's no way it can't because there's so much that's, that this needs to be out there because, um, it wasn't limited to just yoga. It wasn't limited to just astrology. It wasn't limited to just magic or the mystic path. It had this broad thing. Like I, and, and the community that comes out of it was probably one of the, the greatest aspects. If someone's trying to like build community that way, what were, what was like the highs and lows of having to navigate the facilitator position of that like did you have people who were arguing and being weird and did you have to like ever say like maybe this isn't the space for that because that's what I'm always afraid of when I start to navigate those spaces I really get scared of the confrontation of this isn't the place for this because it's happened to me before on a Facebook forum where someone was just like posting nonsense and I was like this doesn't need to be here and it, it backfired in my face where she was like you're being mean and so <laughs> I don't know. Does it take like a certain type of personality almost? Or do you feel like it's just boundaries? Uh, definitely boundaries. I had hardcore boundaries going into the Cosmic Collective, the membership community that I created. And um, it served me really well because I, and it's funny, like I didn't have a lot of people who were coming in like trash talking or being like, what is this crap? Or I've heard this and blah, blah, blah. And I think, I think there's something about the magnetism of what you put out there and the way that you handle it yourself and what you invite in, like, you're not going to get riffraff if you're energetically solid. And if you're intentional in what you're doing and you're being authentic, because I feel like that's a, that's a boundary that people like, don't have to be told they can feel that this is a space that that isn't tolerated and that they're drawn and I mean it was a paying community so they're paying money for this so it's not like they're going to come into a community that it's it's a little bit more of a barrier um to that riffraff than a free Facebook community or anything like that but creating the community that really thrived just came from delivering value always coming from authenticity and having very strong like integrity boundaries within myself and within the community that the way that you communicate with other people on the forum or in the public light or like even talking about promoting it on the podcast it's it sets itself up to be a self-fulfilling prophecy kind of in a weird way and especially if people are paying I mean it's it's a whole it's a whole different thing than a mixed bag of a free community, which is still super important and very helpful. And like, I think it's just people are people and people, some people just want to be mad and some people want to just talk crazy. For me, it wasn't that they were like trash talking or anything. It's that all they did was advertise themselves. Oh yeah. No, that's not okay. And they did it like every week at least. Oh no. And I was like, you, okay, I, I get that you're having events and our live, because it was women's circle. So it was like a monthly women's circle. And we had the Facebook forum there so people could continue the conversation. That was the intention that was set. You can continue the conversation of what was brought up each month. And she just kept posting, like, I have this event. I have this class I'm teaching. I have this series I'm doing. I have this workshop. And I was like, advertise on your own Facebook page. Please. Yeah, that's a really great opportunity to practice saying no. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Yeah. And I don't, I think just like the unapologetic, like this is how we operate, period, really helps a lot because then people don't feel like there's wiggle room to do stuff like that. But community is so important and it's so beautiful when you, when you create something that really just like pulses with its own beautiful energy and there's this nectar flowing through that everybody seems to be drinking and not like it's a cult drinking the Kool-Aid, but like everyone's on the same vibe, you know, and it's just this beautiful, like, Mm, it's a cult drinking cacao yeah yeah it's fine (laughs) the little cbd in there (laughs) 
with the Can THC, so it's activated. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yes, you want to you want to feel it too. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you um, do you can you speak to maybe working and uh, not specifics, but working with clients who aren't kind of like finding this for the first time or looking for direction in their life where they're not trying to get into the um, like the self promoting mindset, like people who maybe are a banker or something else where they're trying to find some type of spiritual path that is also going to help them to kind of live a more fulfilled life in the career path that they've already chosen? Yeah, you can infuse spirituality into anything you're doing, whether you're at a corporate bank or sitting on your floor in your living room (laughs) podcasting. (laughs) Um, I think the way that you can bring spirituality into jobs that aren't inherently spiritual is the way you communicate with coworkers, the way you operate from integrity and stand up for what is right in a meeting or for yourself or for something that you believe in, or if you see something, say something. And um, I mean, you can secretly pull cards before you go into a meeting or have a client call or do tapping if you're feeling really stressed. Or I'm also getting certified in heart math meditation, which is just like feeling the vibration and the energy of your heart, like doing that for three minutes before you go into something. There's a lot of ways that you can plan and schedule and do things around the moon too. And if you have control of your schedule or if you have control of at least the meetings and clients and stuff that you see, you can see people on Wednesdays because it's Mercury day and it's a great communication day and plan like business meetings on Thursdays because it's luck and fortune with Jupiter. I mean, there's a lot of witchy things that you can do that are super, super silent that nobody ever has to know about that will help you not only infuse spirituality into your regular job, but also help you feel like you don't have two lives and you're not like going to work and being one person and coming home and pulling cards and lighting incense and making tea and like, you know, reading your natal chart. There's, it doesn't have to be either, or I definitely believe it can be both and. Right. Yeah, there's definitely an aspect of proselytizing that comes along with spiritual awakening where you're kind of like, oh my gosh, did you guys know that you could do this? Yeah. As opposed to just being like, yeah, that was a great meeting. I'm really glad right. we accomplished a lot. Yeah, crack your <laughs> nut, go to your desk and do your thing. Quick <laughs> essential oil spray. <laughs> Have obsidian in your pocket. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways that you can still operate in America and be a witch. Nice. <laughs> With, um, cause I know you've done it. Like you, you have bridged that gap of copywriting and ghostwriting and doing all this stuff that is very run of the mill kind of Taurus practical mm-hmm. job. And then you've got this Aquarius rising over here. Who's like, but I can't do it like a normal person. <laughs> no, no. I mean, yeah. Like in addition to the clients that I help who are all in the spiritual industry, I'm also a contractor for a marketing company here in Denver. And I write Google ads and like SEO driven blog posts. And I'm rewriting my company's website right now, like very not spiritual at all, but I find that if I schedule it right, then I'm writing like in the different time of my cycle. And it's when I'm ovulating that I'm like, and doing all this like very creative stuff. And then after that, I don't have energy. And so I don't have pieces due then. Like I schedule my own deadlines pretty much. And it's, it's just a reorganization of what I'm already doing for my like marketing job. Was that something you discovered through like the womb healing process? Cause you're talking mm-hmm. about moon cycles. Yeah. Yeah. And I realized like when I looked back on stuff and launches and just things in my life, events that had happened, I realized that there was a correlation between when I had a lot of energy and a lot got done and like creatively too, not just like I killed my to-do list, you know? So I started really paying attention to that in addition to my cycle and my astrology, and I started being able to, well, and I have the the benefit of making my own schedule in general, but I was able to organize my day in ways that empowered me instead of being like, oh, I have this deadline right now, and I'm like bleeding, and I have no energy, and I just like can't do it. I mean, of course that's happened, but very few and far between. And that's like a, a level of consciousness and awareness that a lot of people don't realize is available. Mm-hmm. And, and it's I'm so, so easy. glad you're bringing it up. Yeah. Cause Especially if you're tracking your cycle already, if you want to get pregnant or you don't, like either way, hopefully you know what's up 
anyways. And just like the simple things that you can do to, to empower that time instead of make yourself feel bad for not doing things is, is really good. What if you're a dude and you have no cycle? You do have cycles, my friend. Follow the moon. Oh, wow. <laughs> follow the moon. Yeah, dudes have cycles for sure. And even if you don't identify as a woman and you're not connected to your womb, but you have one, there's still ways that, that you can empower yourself and not feel like you're disassociating from not associating with that. I feel like with guys, it, it's a 72 hour process for them to regenerate, right? If they've had the release and that's like everybody who's done Tantra knows that. Um, and if you haven't done Tantra, then you should read about it. And <laughs> there are so many ways of looking at that where you could say the guys have a solar cycle where you might plan to do some of the crux of your day when you know you have the most energy because you know you're going to regenerate and you're like, actually this window of time in the morning is my most productive time. So I'm going to do all the crap that I never want to do during that time. So that later in the day when I want to pursue something that is more pleasurable, even if I don't have as much energy, I'm still more willing to do it. And it's that willingness of like, I am so happy to sit down and listen to Graham Hancock blabber on about the procession of the equinoxes while I like draw a picture and I have no energy to do anything else, but I've already done everything six hours ago. So I don't have to worry if that's all I want to do. Um, that's something like Anton has realized he likes to do things in the morning. If he's going to do something, he's going to get it done right when he wakes up because he has this burst of energy because he's just slept and he's had this really beautiful deep sleep with the amount of Himalayan salt lamps and organite and crystal rocks in our bedroom with like the essential oils and diffusers. It's a very magical bedroom. Um, <laughs> he gets this good night's sleep and he knows when his cycle is going to, and he has no energy at the end of the day. He's physically doing at least three yoga classes to like teach them because um, he's doing it recorded. And so he has to show every posture. Um, and so I feel like for guys knowing, is it a 24 hour cycle? Is it a 48 hour cycle? Is it the 72 hour cycle? And then knowing that you will be pulled by the moon, maybe not as, as overtly as a woman. And then if you're a woman like me and you're on the reverse, which fucking sucks to be bleeding at the full moon and to be ovulating at the new moon, you will have a push pull no matter what happens. Your body will be drained, you'll be physically exhausted and your mind is going like a thousand miles an hour because you're responding to the full moon energy. So you have the urge to do everything and at the same time, you just wanna curl up in a ball and cry. And then at the other side of it, <laughs> when everybody's in this like deep state of lack of energy, you're like, who's ready to party? And then no Forget. one's with you. <laughs> like, oh crap. Well, I'm going to go do ritual by myself because that's all I can do. And then you start talking to your star family and you're like, why are humans weird? So there's <laughs> this, just the second you start paying attention, you get the awareness, you get the mindfulness. And then I love how you're saying it's like trickling through into every part. So you're not worried about whether you're being authentic. You just are. You're not worried about whether you're showing up every day as yourself or as like yourself playing pretend. It's just a matter of the outfit that you put on that's dictating the perception. You're still the same on the inside. Absolutely. And you really do have to know yourself. Like I get the majority of my work done between 2 p.m. and 7 p.m. Like I don't work before noon. I'll read, I'll tap, I'll do yoga, I'll walk the dog, I'll do laundry, like water the plants, like whatever I want. And I don't put any pressure on myself. I'll scan my inbox just to make sure there's nothing like urgent. And then I'm like, okay, I take Cooper out at noon, make lunch. And then I'm working full on from like two to seven or two to nine. And that's what works for me. And I've only been doing this for the past couple months, really um, like giving myself permission to not feel like I have to wake up and work. And if I'm not waking up and working, I'm a like not getting anything done and completely unproductive and against society and all of these things that you, you shame yourself for, but I don't work that way. My brain isn't on really at all in the morning. If it has to be sure, I'll make it and I'll, I'll, I'll expend the energy to show up. But if I don't have to, mm, mm -mm, I'm not doing it. Nope. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Hard yeah, down. This is, this is a, sounds very, um, uh 
in line with like task oriented versus goal oriented. Mm -hmm. And so when it, when you're planning out, um, when you're planning out your week, your month, like how far out do you usually go? Like you have a, a, a day plan, a week plan, kind of a, like something that you want to see by the next full moon cycle. Plans give me serious anxiety. So I work more on the flow and inspired action situation. There's obviously things that I have to plan out, especially when I'm working with clients and they're on deadlines or I have pieces due and their deadlines happen and I I'm fine with it. But if anything's more than two weeks out, I like, it doesn't exist in my mind. Um, even like when I was doing the inner alchemy summit that Amy was a part of, I launched it, forgot about it for two weeks. And then the two weeks right before I gave myself a month in between launch and an actual event, didn't do anything for two weeks after I launched it. And then the two weeks before I got all, I got everything together, but it's like, if I have too much time, I don't do anything and I'll do everything in the last burst, which I operate well with though, because my inspired action comes in and I get this burst of creativity and I'm like, we have to get it done. So in terms of scheduling, I, I do what I have to. Um, and then in between that, I really just flow with it. And I love taking inspired action. Like if you just have an idea, like jump on, record it, write it, do it, flow with it. Even if it just takes an hour, that could be something that you could turn into something huge or it could be the beginning of something really big because you're just like absolutely in it and you're not questioning and it wasn't scheduled and it's happening in real time and you're flowing on that wave and then you're a master. Like, it's just that easy. Jeremy that easy. responds really well to that. <laughs> 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 oh man, we talked so much, he and I, about um, the art of procrastination and um it can I'm so be so good at it <laughs> yeah I, we just nailed it right we get this like rush and thrill that comes with the fact that we know something has to happen the next day and I was like I don't want to be on that roller coaster anymore that doesn't work for me and it's because I'm a double earth with air and I I need more of the structure and more of the planning and the more that I sit down and look at something I realized the two week window is a sweet spot. Mm -hmm. Like as I'm setting my calendar for available readings, I, I don't really go beyond the next month. Everything else is shut down. And I had someone, I didn't know that Calendly had this because there's like a point where um, it shuts off the, the, the months after that, right? Like you can only schedule a certain amount ahead. But I had deleted July and August and didn't think about September. And someone went into September and they booked and I like had a panic attack. It's like, that's too far. That's too far. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to be doing. You don't know how you're going to be feeling. You don't know no. what's going to be going on in your world. Like, mm -mm. yeah. So I like literally took down everything in August and everything in September. And now I'm like keeping an active eye on it the second that it pops up. And I said, I tried to put new settings around it so it couldn't do more than 30 days out. Just so many things because mm -hmm. Even though I do like the planning, I do like the structure and Anton and I every morning are like, what's on the calendar? You have to operate within some sort of structure. I mean, you have yeah. to, or else you're just going to be formless and you're going to have like, who knows, you're not going to get anything done. No, but I, and like this happened with actually with Deborah's level three, where they gave us our practice client that we do live, like Deborah can just pop in and listen. You're like, <gasps> like, she's like literally just listening to give this reading to this person and just giving feedback immediately. Holy cow. Um, just miles anxiety, <laughs> imposter syndrome. Um, I, they gave it to us three weeks ahead of time and I didn't look at it for the first week. And then two weeks out, I looked at it and I did one through and then I didn't look at it again until two days before. And I completely redid it. And then I compared the two and I was like, I've learned since then. There's a reason I didn't oh, do it yeah. back then. I've now got more tools. I've now got more experience. I've now got more confidence because I've done 20 readings since the first time I wrote down all the notes on this chart. And so I love that that's the window you've set. Cause I, I feel like with everything that's going on in the world right now, how can we look past two weeks? Like you really can't like 10 years from now feels like a, just a whole other lifetime. It's like, we're going to hit Shambhala by that point or else <laughs> the world's going to implode and we're all going to find out it really was hollow. There's um, hoping <laughs> and flat. 
and flat. <laughs> so it was flat and hollow and not all at the same time. We know nothing. We know nothing. <laughs> We're all living in holograms. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. This is true. <laughs> Did you ever have anybody that you had a conversation with where like you were interviewing them for their business stuff and you're like, I don't know if I can help you. Like you're so far out there. That it's- Fortunately, no, not yet. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't. Everybody's been such an all-star and they're just ready to get it rolling. And it's funny that we're talking about this. Today's my sister's birthday. I don't know when this is going to air, but this is July 26th. Um, and she is a personal trainer in Manhattan they, her and her wife own a gym. They have two little kids and COVID hits and they lose the gym. They have to sell all the equipment. They have to move likely out of their New York apartment into their country house in, in Connecticut. And thank goodness they have that. But I'm like, you have to get online. You have to go online. So I wrote her this whole business plan today. And it's like, she has so much potential. She's a Leo. She's hot. Like she's a personal trainer. She's a lesbian with a hot wife and two great kids. Like she has so much going for her. And I wrote all of this out and I'm like, this is all I can do. Like, it's up to you now. So I think there's a a level of balance between in working with clients at least that you can only do so much and then the rest has to be free will and they have to want to do it. Like this is a winning strategy right here. People would probably pay a lot of money for what I created for her, but that's all it is, is a strategy. It doesn't come alive until she breathes her life into it and until she takes her inspired action and, and really goes ham on it. I don't even know what that phrase really means, but I like it. Hard as an NF. Yeah. I feel like that's the ability to to see the big picture even when you can't see that far ahead. Right. Yeah. Like if you're like this, if this all was just up to me right now and tomorrow, this is what tomorrow would look like, then that's your gift is you're handing these people what tomorrow could potentially look like and they mm-hmm. have to choose what to do with it. Well, and inspiring them to see it for themselves because it's easy for me to see it because I'm an objective opinion. I'm like, wow, like I can give you a laundry list of things that you have going for you, but you have to believe it too. And then you have to act upon it and I'll be cheering you from the side and I'll be, you know, course correcting as needed, but this is all you. And I think that's the greatest thing though. Do you take your clients charts into account when you're helping them set up? Um, I know enough about their like three main, like to understand them more, but I don't ask for their charts. I should though. It's a liability for me. If I work with someone that I'm just like, (laughs) I hate you, (laughs) this is not going to work. Um, but no, everybody's so lovely. I think I know if I know enough about like their sun, moon rising, then I can, understand their whys a little bit more and that's including why they're afraid and why they're excited so but no I should I definitely should ask for charts from like my intake form <laughs> yeah because then you also know like are you going to balance them like if you have someone like our dear mutual friend who has five planets in water that are just mm-hmm. she's like I don't even know what I'm doing next week yeah And I'm like, here's what you're doing because we've scheduled it and it's happening and you need to follow this plan. Like, I don't make plans for myself, but when I make plans for clients, I'm like, hello, hi, yes, hello, it's me, how are you? Um, Are we doing this today? Are you still on schedule? Because this is what's on the schedule and this is what needs to go out. Like when it's me, I'm like, "Eh, I don't feel like it, like it's not happening. (laughs) I don't want to. But yeah, I'm I'm a definite, uh, I don't know what I want to say, but I keep people on track and in line and hopefully inspired Um, from the testimonials I've received. They sound inspired, but you got to have someone who's holding you accountable. And if you're not going to do it, you have to be a little bit afraid of them and what is going to happen if you don't Mm -hmm. do what you said you were going to (laughs) do. It all comes back to, to what you're saying before about like trust. You're trusting the process. You're trusting the person that you're working Mm -hmm. with. You're trusting the product that you are providing or that you are teaching. Um, and you had said that before we have done, that that has been your mantra for a long time. It has, yeah. And I, cause like things happen and things that you don't want to happen and things that you have feared your whole life happen and you have to just roll with it and you have to trust that this is happening for you, not to you. And as cliche as that is, it's just so true. And I've learned this through 
multiple physical in, in, injuries on the same leg. And while I can easily be like, why me? Why is this happening? I've had it hard enough. Can I catch a break? I just had surgery. All of these things are floating through my head, but what's prevailing more is that I trust I can handle it. I know that I'm capable of getting through this. And I know that I wouldn't be given anything that I, I couldn't get through. So even though it sucks and it's hard and sometimes I'm just like, I want to give up and throw in the towel and like, see you in the next life. I'm out. Um, I, I trust, I do. I just, I have immense trust. Yeah. Responsibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something I feel like you kind of have to put on your clients sometimes as well. It's, it's not like a guilt thing. I've had a lot of uh, recurring clients that come in and I'm like, so do you practice yoga or have you been practicing yoga? no. And I really should. And it's like, well, I'm not your dentist. You know, I'm just, you know, that this is something that's going to make you feel better. I'm not trying to make you feel guilty about it, but it's like, it's one of the standard questions that you're going to ask. Have you been doing any breath exercises? Do you take time for yourself? What kind of, what's your self-care routine? You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I'm not going to should all over you, but I mean, <laughs> I'm definitely going to give you a list of things that need to happen by the next time we talk. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think this is why people don't talk to me. <laughs> Do you floss? Do you dry bush? Do you oil swish? Do you eat only green vegetables in the morning? Do you do this? Do you drink your water? Do you <laughs> like shut up, Virgo? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Stop eating gluten. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, side okay. stretches. <laughs> yep. Also, yeah. are you stretching your psoas? <laughs> if you're a woman, are you not exercising while you're bleeding? Yes. Are you not doing handstands? Like Don't press do up handstands. You can't stop it. Sit down. Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know how to rest or we don't know how to do. Like, I feel like people are in one boat or the other. They either are like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll get to that later. Or they're like, I can't stop. Can't stop. Won't stop. Mm-hmm. And, and then they hate each other. Like, you mm-hmm. never do anything. You never stop working. And it's the polarities. And I feel like your description of your workday is the perfect balance of that. It took me a long time to give myself permission to do that though. It really did. And even now, sometimes it'll be noon and I'm like, shit, I haven't even looked at my computer. Like maybe I should open that before I go on an hour walk with my dog and then eat lunch, you know? And, but then I'm like, I'm in control of everything that's happening in my life. I know in my like brain scan of my situation and my clients and my deadlines and everything like I know what's going on and unless something pops up and someone has like an emergency which like I can't even imagine what that would be like my sights down or whatever I just let myself do whatever I want to do and I've never made more money and I've never been happier and I've never gone to sleep easier I've never had better sex I've never had a better appetite like or longer hair Look at that beautiful uh, mane. Oh my gosh. Thank you. I'm still taking those vitamins that I sent you that photo of. Um, but it's like once you get in flow with yourself and you give yourself permission to do all the things that make you feel good and you don't feel bad about that, then feeling good becomes your highest priority because you're only going to do things that are in alignment with that. And you're going to say no to things that aren't like all of the meetings before 10 a.m. Like, no. Nope. If I can get away with it and I'm not working with someone in like Europe or something where it's a necessity, then I just don't do it. And I don't say that I'm booked and I don't apologize. I'm like, these are my available hours. So I think it's advocating for yourself first and foremost and just not making yourself feel bad. Like there's so many things in this world that make us feel bad. And if you're adding to the list by just being yourself and feeling bad about that, like you gotta, you gotta cut it out. That is a, that's a way to make real quick work of like self-hatred. Truth said from a Taurus, like ruled by Venus and values (laughs) and like feeling good. If it doesn't make you feel good, like, and this is always the, (laughs) I had some the other day where I was telling them the no thing. She's like, but where does that line stop? Like, I don't want to do the paperwork. You have a business, honey. <laughs> that's not a that's not a negotiable one. That's like a, a you want to say no because you don't want to do it, rather than right. you want to say no because it isn't in alignment with you. That's you've right. chosen to be a an entrepreneur. You've chosen to be a small business owner. 
you need to do your accounting books or you need to pay an accountant. It's mm-hmm. like, it's one of you the two options here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the rest of it, like how she schedules it, she can do like that advice of it feels good to take care of myself first, to put mm-hmm. on my oxygen mask first before I do the rest of the work mm-hmm. because then I have the energy. Or if it's like the other way around where you're the type of person who's got the rhythm where, you know, you've got three hour window in the morning between breakfast and lunch where you can just hammer it out. And then the rest of the day you play. Yeah. Work with with your flow, work with your vibe. And especially in the summer right now where it's light until late, like if I'm working until nine, I'm like not bothered. I'm so unbothered by that because I've gotten so much done and I had such a beautiful, like slow, luxurious morning that I'm like, I'm fine working till 9 PM. Even if I'm wearing a fabric that doesn't feel good. I'm like, Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Get this lycra off me. <laughs> um, I think it's okay to also uh, acknowledge that that might change. Like during the summertime, yeah. I like to sleep in. And during the winter, I get up early. Like I pop up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock and do my meditation. I might go back to sleep for a couple of hours. But like being okay to be flexible with your own schedule, I think is also yeah. incredibly important. Totally. And f- flowing with your energy. I mean, like outside of the things that absolutely have to happen, if one day you feel really energized in the morning, like don't be like, I'm not doing work because I don't do work till noon. And that's just how I operate. Like there doesn't need to be so many rules, you know, mm-hmm. it's just flow. Yeah. And the it's only not, rule it's is not no. hustle anymore. It's a line. No. Like, if you feel like, I feel like people were like, I'm hustling. Like, why? <laughs> why are you working so hard? You want to stop that? <laughs> Take a breath. <laughs> Sit down. Meditate. Yeah. I mean, there is hustle in the flow. Like you still have to like, work and do things and get things done and be accountable for stuff. But that doesn't mean that it has to be like, yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be like draining and like, Oh, this to do list, God. It's like, Ooh, I get to do this today. Like instead of writing to do on my little like work notebook every morning, I'm like, I get to, and then all these things and like words are power. And even just that little switch, even if it's doing your, your financials or whatever it is, like, change it change it in your head i've started using carolyn elliott's like thing of oh god i have to look at my bank account no don't make me no no don't open it oh oh <laughs> like it's this like weird backwards like dom relationship inside of myself saying you're gonna do it you're gonna look at your bank account no please stop <laughs> oh oh my god there's more money in there than i thought cool yeah yay celebrate <laughs> yeah and it's like wow that felt better than i anticipated <laughs> purchase. <laughs> I was seriously, I was, I look at that and I was like, maybe I can get those, those things that Andy was showing that are the vortex spinners for your water. And I'll put one on every shower head. And I was like, no, this is where you get to sit with the havingness. Uh-huh. So I think that's a lot of things that we struggle with as, as spiritual people is just having and not instantly purchasing all the tools. Cause like, you know, I need a full set of crystal bowls and tuning forks and all the chimes and maybe a few other sticks of incense and a few other types of candles. <laughs> okay. How do we hold it and, and feel comfortable in the having? Because we're always like, oh no, we have to give, we have to give, we have to give. And those things are all things that you want that are going to influence and amplify your business. But at the same time, like it's safe to have money and they're not, mm-hmm. if they're not necessities and are essential things, then it is safe to just like, let that money be there and be like, hi, just and it, in case. It's an entirely different spiritual practice mm-hmm. to let it sit. And- yeah. Yeah. Cause a lot of people have, have issues with that. Like I have a good friend who is making like over 10 K a month being like a really high level coach, but, um, they always feel that because they have this money, then that's also permission to play super hard and to buy massive things and to invest in another 5k mastermind and just like take random last minute trips. And there's this like, yes, I have the money and now I'm going to spend it. And it's like in and out, in and out, in and out. And the saving doesn't feel safe, even though they're bringing in a lot of money, they're also putting out a lot of money. So it's funny that like, it doesn't really matter how much you're bringing in if you're putting just as much out and people who are bringing in 2k a month, even if that's like all that you can do right now to save as much as you can and don't feel like all of that has to go towards something, even though there's bills and groceries and blah, 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 to the list. But like, 
it doesn't matter how much your money you're making, you can still save and grow and not have to feel like you have to make 10K a month in order to do anything. Seeing a through line, because this sounds the same way with your energetic, the way that you're talking about, you can save some of it up and spend a little time and then have your boundaries for when it is that you dive into whatever it is that you're doing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then live a little and splurge, get those crystal bowls, buy those tuning forks, but like not every time you have money, you know, right. mm-hmm. it's like, it's almost um, like the more that you say no, the more that you realize which ones you actually need, mm-hmm. because we, the second um, we, as in Anton and I, the second we are made aware of a new spiritual tool, like we have to have 10 of them <laughs> <laughs> immediately, all of them right now. Cause we're just, we're go big or go home kind of people. And like the second we heard gongs being played, we got one. The second we heard one of those space drums, we got one. The second, like, and literally everything. And at one point, and Jeremy was living with us at the time, our meditation room was so full of stuff that you could barely do a yoga practice in it because it had just so many things. And we were like, when's the last time you used the gong? Well, I don't know, because it's going to wake the kids up from the nap. And so like, <laughs> you just realize, oh, maybe not every spiritual tool is necessary, just the way not every spiritual practice. Right. And this spiritual practice for me is always going to come through. I'm always going to use tarot cards. Mm-hmm. I'm always going to resonate with that. Doesn't mean I need to have every single tarot deck. 25 decks. Yeah. yeah. I think I only have like 15 now. <laughs> <laughs> You've given some away then. <laughs> I have. Um, but it's, I've narrowed it down to the ones I actually use. Like yeah. I turn to this one when I'm teaching. I turn to this one when I'm doing for myself. I turn to this one when I'm reading for others. I turn to this one when I want Oracle to come through with spirit animal specifically. I turn to this one when I want Oracle to come through with Egyptian um, specifically. And so there's, there's purpose behind each one and some of them are gifts. And so then I'm like, I don't want to get rid of this because it was a gift. And so, but it's made me realize like, that's what I really resonate with. It's like tarot cards, incense, and crystals. But I have all the crystals that I work with. I have, I've stopped buying crystals because I've like found my friends and no new friends. <laughs> I do. I have like these really pretty little amethysts and citrines and quartz and like a Anton got me a Merkaba organite and that's been my favorite one. And there's just this, this pause that's happened where we feel completeness. We're like, we don't need to get the next thing because we have all the tools. And I think it's now it's beginning the integration and the shedding of like, okay, this one I've stopped using completely. It's ready to go on to a new home. Um, and the same thing with like how he and I teach of, okay, yes, I love Kabbalah, but I'm not doing lessons on it. So maybe if I'm not practicing it and I'm not doing lessons on it, I can kind of let that gently go until it's ready to come back into my life. And I, I think I've seen that with you too, with like the EFT is really rising now and the heart math is really rising and you've been introduced to the gamut of spirituality. And like you said, you've narrowed it down and now you're able to dive in and you're able to really like get into the, the juicy stuff of each specific thing. Mm -hmm. And that's such a beautiful point, the completeness. And you realize that having all of these things and having a room so full of meditation equipment that you're literally stressed to meditate because there's no (laughs) space is, is such like the opposite of what the initial intention is when you get interested in all of these things and you find something out and you get so excited about, you're like, I want to learn everything about this and I need this thing to practice and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, naturally your interest fades and you, you gain interest in something else. But I think what you're also speaking to is the development that happens inside and that you don't need all of these things to reach those points anymore and to get to these higher states and to have these revelations and to go really deep. Um, I think it's, it's the development of the self that becomes paramount when you just don't need the, the accessories anymore getting past the deleton stage too it's just like this is what i saw somebody else using okay well you, can, you don't necessarily need that to connect to spirit it's free to be completely <laughs> honest these things are 100%. these things are helpful yeah 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 that's what they are they're tools they're just there to mm-hmm. to help like it, it's like if you are who was it oh it's carlos castaneda um like his very first book he was talking to don juan 
and he was trying to get him to talk about the tools that a shaman uses. And Damon turned in and he's like, that's for the newbies. <laughs> he didn't say it that way, but he was basically like, everybody who's a new practitioner who's super excited, they find all these things, they use all this stuff, they have all these spirit allies, and they don't realize like what the most important one is. And he was trying to like get the point home of it's you. It's you, yeah. It's your own power. Yeah. And you're just, you're playing pretend until you realize that's what it is. And you're playing pretend until you, until you find your way back home. Life takes us away from ourselves through trauma and experience and conditioning and all of these things. And I think the majority of, of what I'm seeing emerge right now is like, it's, it's a homecoming and that's just to yourself. Yeah. I feel like we've kind of come full circle. Is there anything else that you want to share or offer before we close out? I you mentioned a new adding. book. Oh, right. I wrote a book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just casual. <laughs> I'm like, that was so lovely. Thank you so much. Bye. Um, <laughs> I did. I wrote a book with my co-author, who's also my former business partner. Uh, it's called Soul Magic, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Mystics. And it's coming out at the end of August. And it's basically a field guide for the modern mystic while maintaining and understanding the reverence for these ancient practices that have been around for over 5,000 years and how to use them and how to still maintain um, the reverence of them. And so you're not just picking up whatever is popular on Instagram. You're, you're deeply understanding this. And, and in the intro, we say, there's a lot of things here. And so it's basically like what was learned on the podcast. There's a lot of things here. You're going to be hit with a lot, but take what resonates, leave the rest. And if that no longer resonates after a while, also leave that and come back and, and see what feels good. So it's a permission slip to explore your inner and outer worlds. Really? Boom. Oh, good. I saw your old sticker today on one of my water bottles because we're like, we have that. And I was just like, that's really what it is. It was, it was exploring new pathways mm -hmm. in order to just find our way back home. Yeah. And just like permission, like a blank check, like go wherever you need to go. Yeah. And you don't have to bring the witch wagon with you. No, you don't need the witch wagon. You don't need the crystals. You don't need the tarot cards. They're fun. They're great. But the more that you can trust your intuition, the more that you're going to realize that, that they're more um, for amplification purposes and not for foundational situations. Yeah. I trust. I trust. Jeremy, that's your homework. Looking up the Sanskrit for I for trust. I trust. Solid. Yeah. Got that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much morgan for spending thank you time morgan with us. thank you thank you guys this is so fun i'm so happy that you're doing this i know that you were talking about how long coming it was that you recorded your first episode so long ago and i'm just so happy that you're doing this and you're doing a great thing for the world and having fun which is the most important part awesome thanks <laughs> yeah okay well, we will talk to you soon.